Hi, welcome to the Live Scent podcast, a podcast from First Baptist Arlington. I'm your host, Luke. And I'm Ashley. And we're glad you're here with us. We hope that these discussions about life as faithful witnesses of Jesus help you to see your world, culture, and relationships in a new light. Well, good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Good morning. So today we're going to be talking about listening. Um, and learning. Know, and learning, yes. And the Bible is full of stories um, of people like us who have relationships with, with God. And, you know, when we have a relationship with God, it's not just us speaking to God and it's not... Um, just us going to God, but God wants to speak to us as well. And so for us to learn how to um, have that conversation with God, we need to have time to listen. Um, he speaks right. to the nations and the people through um, his spirit. And so we have examples of that throughout the Bible with Moses, the judges, the prophets, and the New Testament church. Uh, they heard God's voice and listened and responded. And so let's uh, talk about how we can apply that to our daily lives. Sounds great. Um, one quick example is um, Samuel. Let's talk about the story of Samuel. Yes. Great example. So 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. Um, I can read that for us. So this is, again, 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10, if you're reading through the Bible. And I, I want us to read this story because I think, like Samuel and the story, we're not always good at recognizing when God is speaking to no. us. So it's good to know that a person of whom two books of the Bible are named, wasn't good at this. Um, so here's First okay. Samuel 3, 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, a word from the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was speaking to the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. So a lot like Samuel, uh, we need help in learning how to recognize when God is speaking to us. And we as Christians believe in line with the teachings of the New Testament that we know Jesus's voice. That's John 10, 14 through 16, that God calls us his friends when we keep his commandments. That's John 15, 15, and that we're even God's co-workers in sharing the message of reconciliation, which is 2 Corinthians 6, 1. So as Jesus's sheep, as Jesus's friends, and as God's co-workers, it would make sense that we can hear God's voice and respond to it. So if we believe that God desires to speak with us and be with us, then we need to learn to listen and obey. And that's a practice that we can get better at. Mm -hmm. So 
Just as we get better at understanding scripture by making studying it a habit, we can practice learning to recognize God's voice and hear and obey and respond. So this is a kind of metaphor that helps me think about this. So right now at this very moment, both of us and everyone listening are being bombarded with radio waves. So we can't hear them. We can't see them. We can't perceive them. But if I were to pull out a radio, and maybe this example is too dated, some of you are being bombarded <laughs> by cellular signals and your phone makes sense of them. But if you remember radios, you would pull out a radio yeah. and you would turn the dial. And this is starting to sound really archaic. <laughs> it's not. Other parts of the world, this is really This is really point. normal. Uh, but you could turn a dial and eventually the sounds of static would become a clear signal that sounds like music or someone speaking. Mm -hmm. So for us as Christians, we know that God is always with us, that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, yeah. and God is speaking all the time, mm -hmm. that God is revealing himself to us. And if we can learn to tune in to what God is doing, we can make sense of his constant presence. And some days uh, we, I think, can get tricked into thinking that God only speaks in really loud ways. Yeah, we definitely And yeah. through these like miraculous signs, and we're expecting some audible voice to come out of heaven. There's like a massive experience. Right. Yeah. Um, like when God spoke to Moses through the burning bush, we mm -hmm. think that is what is normal. Mm -hmm. Or when Saul encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus mm -hmm. and it's this big supernatural blinding experience. And those things I believe can happen and do happen. Um, but I think Dr. Wiles said something, that's our pastor, said something really interesting a couple of weeks ago when he said that if you're a Christian now and the Holy Spirit lives in you, then you actually know more about God than Moses did. And you know God better than Moses did, and that's which powerful. is wild. It's yes. powerful to think about. And I think when we expect these miraculous signals, what we need to recognize is sometimes those are actually signs that we're not as mature and not as ready to listen. That that's if, a good word, Luke. If God has to get our attention through a booming voice or a bush that's burning but isn't burning up or a blinding light, like let's Saul was not at the height of his spiritual maturity when Jesus encountered him on the road to Damascus. Luke, you're throwing it down. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. You know, I would also um, want to say that uh, another analogy that a lot of people use is that whenever we're talking to our father, you've got children, Luke, I've got a child. You know, their children um, come to you and our children come to us and they ask us, they beg us, they say something, they question. They ask again. Yeah, and they keep doing that, but they also wait. They wait for a response. And so just like we have to remember that our identity, we are children of God, we can go to God, but we also have to wait. It's a two, mm. it's a relationship. It's not one way, it's a relationship back and forth. So Dallas Willard in his book, Hearing God, poses the question, why is God, why, if God is personal, would he not also talk with us? And he continues by saying, it is just such a conversational manner of presence that is suited to the personal relationship with God so often spoken of in the Christian community. And I think learning to be led by the Spirit of God, um, we have to learn to listen because sometimes we act on our own behalf in our own humanity without uh, sinful humanity without realizing, you know, the Spirit within us can help guide us to where we need to go and what we need to do and say, but we have to be willing to listen. Yeah. So I also wanted to say, you know, when uh, 
God says that we will find him when we seek him. And um, Jeremiah 29, 13 through 14, when we read God's promise to his people, says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That's powerful. It really is. I mean, God is not a distant God. He is here and near. And if we truly want to seek him, he's here. And And he wants to be found. Yes. So... We know that um, God can really speak through to us and also through us. Yeah. So I think some guidance is good because I think sometimes we can take listening to God and we know that there are people throughout history have used the excuse that God told them to do something and then done horrible things or said things that were unloving or unkind or untrue. Mm-hmm. So we need some guidance mm-hmm. um, as we learn to listen for God's leading and presence. So we know for sure, that God will not speak in ways and tell us to do things that are contrary to scripture. So God is not going to go against God's own word. And as people who believe the Bible, we know that nothing further is going to be said by God that extends or contradicts what scripture teaches. Yes. So God's not going to give us a new book. Um, He's not going to contradict what's been said. He's going to instead help us live the kind of lives that are demonstrated in the Bible, the good, the good examples, mm-hmm. um, lives of personal, intelligent interaction with God. Mm-hmm. Paul after the Damascus Proto experience. And we need to learn to listen because that's what helps us overcome, I think, the fear and the laziness that can be a part of our lives as we pursue missional living. Laziness. Laziness. Okay. So sometimes mm-hmm. we, we know there's an opportunity and we're just like, I don't have time. And... Uh, I just don't want to do that right now. I don't want to talk to that person. That's the laziness. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fear. I think the fear of rejection or embarrassment or what if I offend this person. So learning to listen to God will help us overcome the fear and the laziness as we pursue missional living. The spirit is also going to help us sort truth from lies. So as we're having conversations and we don't know the truth, the Bible tells us that if we're willing to listen, the spirit will give us words to say when we explain our faith. Mm Mm-hmm. So part of that is cultivating this listening life that listens to God. And then God will give you the words to say in the moment. Yes. That's a promise too. It is. So how do we learn to listen? You know, I think just practically setting some time aside each week in silence. That means no phones, no internet, no TV. um, And make some space in our minds to really um, learn to block everything out and sit there in silence, I'd say 10, 20 minutes, yeah. sit there in silence, but really ask God, God, speak to me. Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me? You know, pos- uh, posture yourself right, um, to God and ask him to speak to you. And I think what you're going to, to see in that quiet place is you're going to see some things come out and um, he's going to reveal some, um, some truths to you. Um, maybe about yourself, but also about situations and also give you peace in those situations as well, potentially. Yeah. A, a quick example I would like to to share is sometimes this is very individual, listening to God. We are an individual society, but um, I have a friend who was has shared with me some of the things that she's experienced um, when in another community overseas, um, a worker that had um, decisions that they had to make in terms of ministry. And so that worker was intentional, not only with the family, but those 
um, that were um, coming to visit them to set aside a day. Again, sometimes we don't have a day to do this, but set aside a day to lean into the Lord and listen. And so what they did was they all prayed together and then they all went off on their separate ways. And whenever they felt like the Lord had spoken to them individually, they came back. So some people came back in 30 minutes, some people came back in an hour or two. And then they shared what um, was revealed to them. And within that table of uh, discussion and discernment, they were able to pick out the direction and the truths in that. It wasn't one person made up their mind and this is where we're gonna go. Um, it was a communal discernment. Right. So what you just said reminded me of a Quaker practice. So if you don't know, I, before I worked here, was at a predominantly historical Quaker institution. Quakers are Christians. They're not the oatmeal people. The oatmeal people stole the uh, Quaker image for marketing purposes. Breakfast. Um, but Quakers throughout history have had this practice of group discernment, and they call it a clearness committee. Mm. So when a Quaker Christian was making a major life decision, should I move here? Should I marry someone? Should I start this business? Should I do this thing? They would assemble people from their church and have a clearness committee. And in this clearness committee, everyone had the responsibility of asking good, discerning questions and practicing listening to what the Spirit of God was saying. And then as a group together, they would actually arrive at consensus about what a person should do. So Quakers also mm -hmm. historically don't do anything if they don't have consensus. So meaning a Quaker church isn't going to make a decision unless everyone agrees, which yeah. is radical. There's no one at a Quaker church voting no just to make sure that the votes are being counted. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Baptist life. Baptist life. Um, but if you're still unsure of how you cultivate this habit of just learning to listen for yourself and recognize if it's God or if it's not, um, just on a very practical level, what I would advise you to do, and Ashley's already talked about some of this, is in a period of silence, and it does need to be silence um, because God is not always going to compete for our attention. You need to find a place that's comfortable and free from distractions. It's super distracting if you're trying to listen to God in prayer and all of a sudden your arm or your leg goes to sleep. Just on a very practical level. Yeah. Um, so you want to sit in a way that's comfortable. Ideally, kind of both feet on the floor if you can in a way that's not going to make your legs fall asleep. Again, that's really distracting. Um, close your eyes uh, or sit in a place that's dark or semi-dark and set a timer with a gentle alarm because it's going to be really jarring if it's loud. Um, sure. Just practical tips. Um, and ideally, you want to do this for at least 10 minutes. And I know that that may sound like a long time to sit in silence. If you're not used to silence, start smaller. But around the 10 minute mark is where your mind actually settles in enough to actually be in a prayerful disposition. Because what happens, at least to me, when I sit in silence is my thoughts race and they it's like ping pong is yes. playing in my brain. Yes. And I'm, I don't think I'm the only person because throughout history, different Christians have talked about how to navigate this. And what they advise is as you start this period, ask God to be with you, ask God to speak with you and to re re reveal himself to you. And before you start, select a short word or phrase from scripture that helps call your attention back to God. So some people will use, Lord, have mercy. 
Some people will just say Father in their mind. I like to use speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And when I feel my thoughts racing, and they do, mm-hmm. I just call my attention back to my disposition of prayer by thinking, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I do that as many times as I need to, to bring my attention just gently back to the fact that I am just trying to be with God in a position of listening. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to verbally say that so that my mind, mind just stops. Yeah. Yeah. I think we tend to forget that mm-hmm. we have bodies. We're not just, well, we don't just have bodies. We are souls. We're in soul mm-hmm. bodies and mm-hmm. embodied souls. They're, right. mi- they're mingled together. And what we do with our bodies has a direct impact on our spirituality. Yeah. So saying that out loud is actually a really helpful way to bring your attention back. And you might, as this happens, find thoughts that are recurring and they just keep coming up. And if that's the case, I would encourage you to maybe have a notepad by you and just jot that thought down. And when your time of sitting in silence is over, think, is God asking me to do something with this thought? Is this a prompt? Is God inviting me into some sort of action or activity? Um, God is not ever going to speak to you with a fearful or anxious voice because God is never afraid or worried. So if it's an anxious thought, if it's a fearful thought, it's not God. That's right. Um, it may make you feel anxious or afraid. That is true. But because you have to be obedient into it, be obedient to it. But there's a difference between my own anxious thoughts Mm -hmm. and feeling anxious about a thought, if that makes sense. Yes. So God is never going to speak to you from a voice of anxiety or fear because God just isn't afraid or worried. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a helpful tip. But again, if you find that thing that just keeps coming up, it may be a face and maybe someone's name. You might feel convicted about mm-hmm. something in your life. Um, you may feel encouraged to engage with someone. Um, pay attention to it. And when the silence is over, do something about it because there's a really good chance that God is trying to call your attention to something. Mm-hmm. So we encourage you to set aside a regular time, ideally weekly, if not more, um, to do that. And again, around 10 minutes is when your mind finally settles down enough to lean into this. I'll also say this is advice um, that a experienced Christian in this has given. If you fall asleep, you're okay. <laughs> it's okay. That's just God giving you what you need. <laughs> because yeah. chances are, if you've fallen asleep after 10 minutes of silence, you need to rest. You need rest. Um, <laughs> so. I also want to say for a practical tip for parents, don't feel like you have to find 10 minutes inside the house. I do like my time of silence in the car after I drop my child off to school. Because yes. it's the only time I'm going to have by myself. Yes. So, so 10 minutes in a parking lot in a car mm-hmm. is sometimes what you can do. It's a holy space. Real life. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about the next habit, which is learn. And so every week we want you to spend time reading the Gospels because it turns out it's really hard to tell people about Jesus if you just don't know about Jesus. So we want you to read the Gospels. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm -hmm. And learn Jesus. What did he have to say? What did he talk about? How did he live? Um, Mm -hmm. So, Ashley, do you have some things you'd like to talk about with that? Yeah, I do. Um, Again, just each week... uh, read the Gospels. Uh, Dr. Wiles likes to talk about if, if he likes to say, if anything, always read the Gospels. Just make that part of your daily, weekly habit. Always bring in the Gospels, whatever you're reading, always have um, the Gospels, be reading the Gospels. Um, 
I would say as we uh, encounter Jesus through the Gospels and by learning more about Jesus through sermons and books and lectures, we'll just become more aware of our thoughts and how we see things. Because what we're trying to do is give uh, a spiritual lens to everything that we're seeing. And so we want to understand the context that maybe what Jesus was doing at that time, who he was interacting. And that's when you have to bring some uh, contextual books, just uh, references to really understand the culture. Because when we bring in our own culture, which is something that we'll always read into when we're reading the Bible, the Bible um, we have to also remember what that culture and context was saying as well. Um, yeah. uh, so, and if you're trying to get a sense of what Ashley's talking about and how you do this well, mm-hmm. the Tell Me More podcast that our church produces, which is with Katie Reed Hodges mm-hmm. and Dr. Wiles, where they kind of debrief each week's sermon, is actually a really great way to kind of get a vision of how you come to Scripture and try to understand it both in what it was saying to the people then, but what it's also saying to us now. So that's the Tell Me More podcast. Again, highly recommend it. Good stuff. Um, we also want to embed ourselves in the gospel because essentially we want to just steep our lives in the gospel story. And we want to learn to see everything, as Ashley said, through that lens. What does God have to say about this? We want to see where the story of Christ challenges and overlaps with the dominant assumptions of our culture. And we want to take every thought we have captive to Christ and to his story and what he's doing in the world. And by doing that, we not only grow closer to God, but we also become the right type of person. And that's a person who lives a cross-shaped life. Cross-shaped life. There's a fancy word for it, and it's cruciform. Uh Cruciform life, cross-shaped life. That is essentially living in a habit or pattern that serves as a foundation for telling the story of Christ in a way that makes sense to the people around us. So we want to share Christ. We have to know Christ. That's right. Yeah. So um, as we encounter Christ in the Gospels, just make sure that joy just continues to guide you as you live a missional life. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live Sent. We've talked about learning and listening, which are two key missional habits. So we hope that you practice them. If you have questions, we have ways to get in touch. Yeah. Thanks.